This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hi there, welcome into this podcast and our movie critic William Mullally talks all about Fast X. Of course, it's the big blockbuster in cinemas this week. We also took a look at some other movies that you might want to catch up on. Enjoy the podcast and join me live on the show weeknights 8 through 10 here on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. It's movie time once again, which we love every week, chatting with uh, William Mullally, who's uh, really got his finger on the pulse when it comes to what we need to be seeing at the cinemas. And uh, I'm pretty sure this week, um, Fast X is the one that we need to head out and see. Yeah, I think... It's, you know, summer has officially begun, so we are at the time of the sequel and the remake, and yeah. I think that the next two weeks has, like, a big one-two punch of probably the the biggest sequel and the biggest remake coming to us in a long time. Um, first, with, with Fast X, I think, especially here in the region, there are a lot of people who will be lining up around the block to see this, like a proper blockbuster, because at this point, I don't think that there's any franchise that has the weight of what Vin Diesel and co have created. I mean, is this the very, very last thing that we're going to see of Fast and the Furious? Because I've heard rumours that uh, Vin Diesel's come out and saying that there could be, um, you know, spin-offs and um, a little bit more to come. Yeah, I mean, I think two things with Vin Diesel. I think, huh, how nice do I want to be right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I think he's brilliant. But I think it's just such an easy thing for him to do at this point is to do more obviously he puts you know so much effort into into making them but if you're looking at your career it's just when there's such demand for this and it's become such a cultural touchstone i think you just stretch that as long as you want it to go and so he was kind of alluding to you know this is supposed to be a two-part finale yeah this film and the next film are supposed to just be one story he's now saying that that actually might be the first part of a three-part finale so there are (laughs) two more films that are potentially going to be coming so at this point it's like and then they're going to film the next one it's going to be like actually you know we're going to have that be a (laughs) four-part it just feels like why would they ever let this franchise go because Really, all they have to do is just show up and they get the print money, you know, just and maybe blow up a few cars along the way. Now, in my day, back in the 1970s, my favourite actor uh, was um, probably a toss-up between Steve McQueen and Clint Eastwood. And uh, apparently Clint, um, his offspring is involved in this movie. I had no idea that Scott Eastwood was the son of Clint Eastwood. That's the thing. Like at this point, I, I should probably write a dissertation on the Fast franchise because <laughs> it's just gross. there's so many plot lines and there's so many actors that just pop up here. You know, last week we were talking about Jason Momoa, but there's like you know Helen Mirren is in this franchise. I don't yeah. know if people realize this. There's rumors even that you know potentially Tom Cruise might be doing a cameo in this <laughs> one. But it's just it just feels like it. It's just this gigantic blob that just absorbs all the talent across the world and um scott eastwood son of clint as you were saying i think has become a venerable part of the franchise over the last few um he's really i think a really assured presence and i sat down with him recently uh, when he was traveling over to the region and really i think he's just such a incredibly nice guy you know he 
loves the region. He loves going to Alula, but I think he really loves what he's able to do with the Fast franchise because I think it's just brought him to a different level with his own career as he, you know, continues to try to live up to the amazing legacy of his father. <laughs> Always a pretty exciting experience. Uh, you know, you have an incredible cast, right? Yeah. Massive talent list. Uh, and then you just have these massive set pieces, these massive resources to do huge action sequences, uh, things that you know you could really only dream up in your mind. And the, to, to bring those to life, I think it's just a it's a roller coaster of an experience. And so they're 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 really uh, fascinating to be a part of. Well, there he is, um, Scott Eastwood, talking about um, uh, this movie, Fast X, and, of course, his father, who's an absolute legend. I mean, uh, it's, it's not easy, is it, to, to follow in the footsteps of Clint Eastwood? Yeah, but I, I think there's worse gifts that you can get than the name and the face, because if you look at Scott, like, <laughs> he is his dad. Really? Such, yeah, it's just, it's really, I think... Um, quite, quite the the boost um, as he you know gets his career continued to to thrive because really you know although you know obviously we're getting you know knock on wood we still have a lot of Clint Eastwood left but I think hopefully Scott can keep that legacy going for for decades to come. Let's hear the trailer then for Fast X. I know that this road has been very hard, and yet here you are building this magnificent family. What's going on in that head of yours? Something little piece of it. Is it dead? They're not afraid of anything. But I am. I'm afraid of losing someone I love. Dominic Toretto. You're about to learn all about fear. Boom! You built such a beautiful life, filled with love and family. I never got that chance. You stole that from me. My future. My family. And now, I'm gonna break yours. Well, there it is. The end of the road begins is the punchline for Fast X. It's in cinemas now. And as William quite rightly said, we're probably going to be queuing around the block to get in to see this one this weekend. Yeah, that's the thing. The term blockbuster, you know, comes from the original movie Jaws, where they did yeah. see people lining up around the block. It was the first time that ever happened. Yeah. I think we've kind of forgotten that. There's just few films that really actually cause people to line up. But man, Fast X, especially here in the Middle East, that is just the one. Now, the other side of the, uh, the, the spectrum when it comes to movies, uh, you couldn't get any further from Fast X than with Little Mermaid. And um, that's going to be coming out in, in a week or so. And I think you managed to catch up with the director of this film. Yeah, I mean, well, who knows? You know, at this point, they went to space in the last Fast film. Maybe they're going underwater to meet the Little Mermaid in this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, all right. They could really do anything. <laughs> but no, 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 no. Um, the Little Mermaid, obviously, I think, um, at this point, is one of the most talked about films of the last few years. It's you know intensely awaited, intensely debated. Every aspect of it, um, I think people are just pouring over because The Little Mermaid, the original from 1989, is just so beloved. You know, Ariel yeah. is just this iconic character, and what you know Halle Bailey is able to bring to her. You know, I have seen it now. I, I'm not allowed to review it until next week, but let's pretend. 
um, that no one can hear this <laughs> because I, I do think that she lives up to the promise. I think she's just such a perfect Disney princess. And I think they make a lot of choices here to try to make that performance pop as much as possible. I think there's a lot of debate right now on, you know, the way the film is lit um, because it uses this really stark natural lighting and, you know, director Rob Marshall um, is, you know, he goes back to, you know, Chicago. He did Mary Poppins Returns. He's just a really, really tenured filmmaker. Yeah. And he worked, you know, really tirelessly to make it feel as natural as possible, which is actually insane because most of this was done on blue screens, mm. green screens, and they make everything feel real when nothing was real. And so I think um, he gave me a bit of the inside story of how they were able to create the the look of this, because at times it is just starkly gorgeous. And it actually was inspired by one of BBC's biggest documentaries ever, Blue Planet. We talked about light at, at, at length because we really felt there are so many portions specifically of the ocean. There's the closest to the surface, then you get deeper, and then, you know, all the way down into Ursula's lair, which is sort of the lowest portion, the deepest, darkest, purplest, bluest water. And so it was, um, we, it, th- that was very important to us. What was crazy was because we were shooting on a blue screen stage, it was almost like, sh- like literally lighting nothing. <laughs> you know, you had, mm-hmm. you had, you had no, you had, you, you had no background. You had no, you had, you, you had no vegetation. You had no sort of rock structures or cliffs or anything. So, you just had faces, you know, and mostly not even hair, like no hair, no wig hair, caps, just, just yeah. wig caps. So, so it was really about, you know, Dion had such a such a great eye for that kind of thing, but getting a sense of, I mean, he had these great all this water that was being um, this, reflected reflected and, on on the bodies and so forth throughout, so it would feel like integrated. Um, but then we had to really shepherd all of the light work in the CGI, um, in the visual effects world. Like when we were, as we were working, not only were we adding hair and tails and water and fish, and we were adding light, we were enhancing the light. And so sometimes it would have a shaft, for instance, that would be coming from above. And that shaft had to tell the story. I mean, of course it all comes from story, but thank you for noticing that because, you know, we all spent a lot of time watching Blue Planet that was very inspiring for us because we wanted to create an actual world that felt tangible and real, even though there were mer people under the water and crabs that speak and so forth and, you know, flounder, you know, we, we, we wanted, we wanted to make sure that it was something you feel you felt that you could really believe in. So there's the director then for the little mermaid. That's Robert Marshall. Let's hear the trailer of this one. was drowning i had to save him this obsession with humans has to stop i just want to know more about them ariel don't poor child i can help you you can't live in that world unless you become a human yourself is that even possible (laughs) it's what i live for well, there it is, the trailer, Little Mermaid. Um, when can one expect this one, though, William? This one is in cinemas here on the 25th of May, so I think that one, is, as well, is going to be 
packing um, seats and having many people sing along. Are, are you a fan of the of the songs of this one? <laughs> yes, I, I I think I could take my granddaughter along and uh, and teach her some of these tunes for sure. Oh, you're going to be, I think, hearing <laughs> part of your world again, hundreds and hundreds of times, just as you know, generations of your yeah. Yeah. Well, moving along, um, comedy in town at the moment, of course, with the Comedy Festival. And uh, you caught up with one of the comedians who's uh, been cast in a movie. So tell me all about Rami. Well, that's the thing. So Rami is, at this point, it's through its third season, and it is, you know, Golden Globe winning, yeah. I think Emmy winning, if I'm remembering correctly. It's just, and I think it's launched a lot of careers at this point. It was, you know, the first show to ever, you know, center, you know, Arabs in the West and to center, you know, the Muslim faith. And now we have, you know, not only Rami Youssef starring in the next Yorgos Lanthimos film, but, you know, May Kalamaui is a Marvel superhero in Moon Knight. And Dave, I think, is the next actor to get a big boost from that show. Um, he did tremendous work in this last third season, and he's going to be starring in the upcoming film, sometimes I think about dying, opposite Daisy Ridley from Star Wars, like starring, oh, wow. starring role, yeah. which is amazing. And it's being shopped right now at Cannes, so I th- and it was very acclaimed um, in its first screenings earlier this year at Sundance. So I really think this is going to be a star-making moment for him. And it's funny because you're telling me, you know, it wasn't that long ago, obviously he's been touring as a comedian, for so long, but the story of how he actually got the the, the show Rami is just too hilarious because <laughs> you know he'd known Rami for years. Obviously, um, he knew known the show was going to be happening, but he didn't expect to be a part of it. And so, while he was on tour in China, Rami asked him to to send in an audition tape, and here's okay. how that went down. I often need to do a self tape. I was like, I don't have a reader, someone to read that. I was at a Beijing airport, and he goes, oh, man, just turn it into a monologue. Like, just do yeah. it. And then um, I had the promoter there uh, help me, and I, she didn't know much about self-tapes. And I didn't really have full knowledge of what the show was kind of about, so it was me pitching. It was in my hotel room. I was like, can you take my phone and do this? So she records it, and after the first recording, she, I was like, how was that? And she goes... Nah, do it again. <laughs> Bro, she's not even in her entertainment. I go, oh man, how bad was that? I was like, I've been doing this a long time. And she was like, nah. And I'm like, okay, did it again. And I go, is that good? And she goes, yeah. And I go, man, I'm. this is bad. And then two or three days later, my agent texts me, you got it? Yeah. You got the pilot. You got it. You got to, You can film it. So there he is, Dave, talking about um, how he got that role in, in Rami. Um, when... Do we expect that to be coming out, William? It should be coming out later this year, but definitely catch up on Rami, because especially, I think, his standalone episode in season three is just shown that he's really, I think, coming into his own as an actor. And actually, the director of this film wrote him a letter saying how beautiful his performance was, how you know kind and generous he was on screen, and wanted him to bring that same energy to this film. So it's really wonderful to watch you know, how much this show has you know, helped, you know, Arabs just become the next big stars in Hollywood. Lovely. Um, I just want to whiz over to Khan for a second. And um, the American actor Johnny Depp uh, is back here on the international stage. He was walking the red carpet there. But apparently his film has gotten lukewarm receptions from uh, from movie critics. Um, any news on Johnny Depp? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it, the news on Johnny Depp is very mixed. It's all over the place. Yeah. You know, he was even saying yesterday... In the press conference, you know, that he's done with Hollywood. He yep. doesn't need them anymore. 
Um, but <laughs> you know, he was also you know making fun of the fact that everyone's like, "This is my comeback." He's like, "I had like fifty comebacks at this point." <laughs> 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 he knows it as well as anyone else. Um, but you know, apparently, what he brings to the film is actually the best thing about the film. Uh, Mei Wen, who's you know part Algerian descent, has told this you know historic story of ancient France and. With you know Depp playing Louis the Fifteenth, I do think that people did like his performance, and uh, for the most part, some people <laughs> thought that he seemed a bit sleepy, which is a trend with his recent films. <laughs> but I, I do think that it, it it could start the the momentum that he needs to to get back to where he was. So from his comments, it does seem like we're never going to be getting another Pirates of the Caribbean film. So. Say goodbye to Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> also in the news, uh, William, Tom Hanks has made it clear that he would be picking the one and only Idris Elba uh, to take on the role of James Bond with that license to kill. Idris, on the other hand, has come out and said it's not something that he's really interested in. But, um, yeah, Tom Hanks uh, putting his money behind Idris Elba. What do we make of that? I think it's kind of become the safest answer possible. It's kind of like when someone asks you who's your hero and you say... Uh, my mom. It's just no one's going to question it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so it's just like Tom doesn't want to start. <laughs> Who has this answer in the back of their head? And obviously Idris is fantastic. I, I don't think that he needs the James Bond role. I know they're going to be going younger, so it's not going to be happening. Um, but hey, you know, at this point, um, I, I think maybe he and Idris should be doing something of their own because honestly, he doesn't need James Bond, and I think he does need to find his next, you know, yeah. really important film, and that could be even a better utilization of his talents. So, hey, maybe a Tom Hanks and Idris Elba <laughs> Castaway too. Well, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll go why with not? that. <laughs> Get Luther in there as well. Uh, finally, I want to wrap up Kate Winslet. Um, she's just won the leading actress at the BAFTA TV Awards over in the UK. Um, this is for her drama called I Am Ruth, which I've seen the trailer. It looks absolutely fantastic. It's basically dealing uh, with her teenage daughter, and it's actually her real daughter who acts along with Kate Winslet in this, about the, the trials and tribulations of, of social media and you know what's going on online with a lot of teenagers um it really looks hard hitting a great drama and uh, she really had a heartfelt speech as well at um at the baftas when she received the award saying she'd made this for all parents who are dealing with teenagers who become disconnected and don't have conversations anymore because they're on social media william yeah and i think what's amazing about kate is that She's able, she's such a family-focused person. You know, I was sitting down with her in London a few months ago, and really all she wanted to talk about was family and sitting down with them. So I know she's just a really grounded, grounded person. Yeah. But it is great how she's able to balance, you know, these sorts of, you know, really personal passion projects with, you know, starring roles in films like Avatar, The Way of Water. Yeah, right. <laughs> she can really, I think, just do anything. Like, there's no, she's not, you know, just only turning to one side of her career. I think her talents are just you know, used everywhere and she's pushing herself as hard as she can. She was like breaking records for how long she can hold her breath on that film. And here really? she's, I think, showing parents the way for how to deal with social media. So honestly, I think we should just give her the Nobel Prize at this point. Yeah, she's amazing, isn't she? Well, a great conversation this week as always. Uh, William, Fast X, I'm sure, is going to be uh, popping uh, the cinemas this weekend. And uh, thank you so much for your input. We'll catch you again next week. Talk soon, buddy. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.